Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my. We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com flagship podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, my co-host, Lance Williams. We apologize for the sound quality, but with the NFL draft coming up, the NFL schedule just being released, we wanted to get you some content. We haven't been on the air as much as we'd like, but we're here. Lance, how's it going? Haven't talked to you in a while. I'm doing fantastic. Excited, juiced, and ready to jump right into it. Okay. Well, Lance, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. You want to talk about the schedule first, or do you want to talk about the NFL draft first? Well, the first thing I want to do before we get into either topic is I want to send my condolences out to the family of Benny Cunningham, longtime tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, won two rings during the steel curtain era with the Steelers, was the 28th pick in the 1976 draft was a Clemson great, died of cancer, 
this Monday. So before we start it off, we got to give props and condolences to the family of Benny Cunningham and to the Steeler legends. So I want to do that. That means Absolutely. Yeah. I want to jump right into a little bit of the news, though. I want to jump into your opinions on the Steelers picking up the fifth-year option for Bud Dupree. Any thoughts on that? <clears throat> yeah, I have thoughts on that. They had to do it. Uh, let's let's talk about the depth chart right now, where we stand before the NFL draft with Bud Dupree, who is going to be there this year no matter what, but they pick up his fifth-year option. You have Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, those first-round draft picks, and who do we have behind them? Anthony Chiquillo, who just signed his restricted free agent original tender, and then you have Keon Adams, who was a seventh-round pick last year, did not play at all, was playing an injured reserve with a shoulder injury, never seen him step foot on an NFL field. That's it. Arthur Moses is an unrestricted free agent. They have no one. So if they were to go out and say, we're not going to pick up Dupree's option, boy, are they scraping the bottom of the barrel. They must see something. I will say this, and I think you're probably going to go in this direction, Lance. They They must see something in Dupree that I don't. Because Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin talked about how they feel like he is continually improving, that he is going to be a difference maker. I just don't see that from him. What were your thoughts on it? Well, you forgot the two other linebackers that were drafted in the 11th round, Chow Main, and the other linebacker that was drafted in the 12th round, Low Main. So they don't have anybody <laughs> on the roster. So needless to say, they looked at the roster and said, we can't give up on a first-round draft pick. We have, you know, maybe Keith Butler can polish the diamond up and make, you know, or, or turn it into a diamond, but they can't give up on this guy because they don't have another starter. So it was a damned if you do, damned if you don't. They had to extend him. But he has not played up to a transition tag in, in compensation. He just hasn't. The numbers have not been there. And I think the thing that's even more alarming when you look at Bud Dupree is go back to the Jacksonville Jaguar game. It's his inability to set the edge in the run game. So he's not even playing to his physicality, which is 6'5", 270. So you might – the evaluation might be less harsh if he was more solid in the run game but was mature as a pass rusher. At this point, he struggles at both. But, again, they were in a position with low main as their ninth-round draft pick and a guy on the roster. They had no choice. No, they, they really didn't. And the thing with Dupree, and, and he was complaining a little bit. No, I wouldn't say complaining. That's a harsh word. He was very open about his – he wasn't happy with how – he wasn't getting to rush the passer. They were having he and T.J. Watt drop in the coverage a lot. And the funny thing is, is that the reason why is because Bud Dupree was not having success rushing the passer. If you have an outside linebacker that's really good at rushing the passer, they're not going to ask them to drop in the coverage 75% of the time. Dupree is athletic. He is fast. He does have size. I'm not saying his coverage skills are good, but um, he's definitely not where T.J. Watt is, even as a rookie when it comes to coverage. But he's got to improve. And first round, you know, they, they put some faith in him. There was it was this was not a a you know no no brainer like it was with Cam Hayward or David DeCastro. This was a are they gonna are they gonna do this deal or not? 
you know, and, and so it finally comes out that he did the deal. The Steelers are putting some confidence in his corner. I'm, in, I'm anxious to see what he does with it. Now, Lance, my last question before we can move on. Do you see Dupree possibly even sniffing double-digit sacks next season? Absolutely not. There's nothing that I've seen in his first three years that would suggest that he'll be that type of guy. You know, maybe they turn him loose some. You know, if you were to ask me, and you just did, by the way, I would say that T.J. Watt would be the double-digit guy. If they turn him loose, let him get out to the pass rusher, let him lift more and drop less, especially if they play dime, he's the guy that can get you double digits. But I, I, Dupree is not there yet. He's still a very raw, unfinished product at this point. Yeah, and last year he had six sacks. The previous years he had four and a half and four, respectively, um, everyone says they're waiting for the breakout. I kind of feel like they were saying the same thing with Jarvis Jones, except Jarvis Jones wasn't good at anything. So, uh, nonetheless, and the only player that was drafted since the new collective bargaining agreement allowed a 50-year option, he's the only first-round draft pick the Steelers did not pick up that 50-year option. Now, I want to remind everyone that is listening to this saying this is with a stupid move, they can rescind this if Alvin Bud Dupree does not play well. Um, unless he gets injured, a la Ryan Chazier, that's the only way that money is guaranteed. So they're not necessarily locked in on him all, all the way so far. So, all right, Lance, where are we going next? There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. So it sounds like uh, he, he needs to play ball if he wants to continue to eat steak because, as an aside, I don't even know if Jarvis Jones is still in the NFL. That tells you how bad that pick was. You know, his nickname on this show was El Busto. But before we jump into the draft, I want to jump into some schedule analysis. First, Jeff, give me your final season record that you're predicting, and just give me one general observation when you look at the Steelers' schedule. Okay. Um, I have, I've already done this prediction for the website. You can check it out there. Um, I had the Steelers at 12-4, and four, taking one step back from their 13-3 2017 record. Um, the one observation that I have is um, – the back half of their schedule is definitely more difficult than the front half. That was very similar to last year. Listen to the games that they play from week nine on. Week nine is Ravens. Week 10 is Panthers. Week 11, Jaguars. Two, Denver. Chargers. Raiders. Patriots. Saints. Finish with the Bengals. That's a tough stretch. Uh, it is backloaded for sure. It will be interesting to see how the Steelers play out that back half. But as we saw last year, when everyone thought it was going to be Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, some of these other marquee quarterbacks, injuries happen. The next thing you know, you're playing Brett Hundley, um, whatever warm body the Houston Texans had that week, and, you know, just, and I think, a Jacoby Brissett. So, uh, Lance, I had 12-4. and four. What did you have? 
I have an 11 and 5. 11 and 5 for me is my Whoa. general pick that I kind of throw out every year. It's a safe pick. I don't like to throw out 10 and 6. That's just too conservative. 11 and 5 is the pick I like to throw out. Something that stood out to me when okay. I looked at the schedule is they can essentially have a division wrapped up. They're playing good football by November 8th. They only have one division game after November 8th, which is pretty different for the NFL because typically in the NFL, they like to have division matchups down the stretch. That had been something that had, they had been going to when they were breaking down, uh, you know, and setting up the schedules for the team. So that, that's my general observation. And my last one is, Tomlin tends to get this team playing well by the time they get to December. By the time that they get to December, I don't know what his record is as a December coach, but my recollection says to me that they play pretty good football down the stretch December. That I'd argue that they probably have one of the better records under him in that month. So if that continues to hold true, you know, maybe the Steelers on this back half of the schedule will be playing their best football. But, listeners, we're going to segue and jump into what you guys have tuned into the program for, the NFL draft, the time where everyone gets to speculate, be wrong, and it's absolutely okay. So, Jeff, (laughs) as I pitch it to you, we're going to keep it on the offense and defensive sides of the football. What I want you to do is give me biggest needs on the offensive side of football. And I want you to give me – it doesn't have to be an offensive player. I want you to give me your first-round selection. Um, okay, so you want me to do offense and the three biggest needs. I'll go with um, number one is wide receiver. Uh, number two is offensive line, and number three is running back. Um, in terms of wide receiver, they looked at a lot of different players. Um, there's really not one player that I feel is like a marquee name that they could go after. Um, I, I trust the Steelers. If, if I trust them with one thing in the NFL draft, it's drafting receivers. They know how to do it. They know how to find these diamonds in the rough. Uh, you would go through the list of receivers that have been drafted under Kevin Colbert. I mean, you've got names like Emmanuel Sanders, Santonio Holmes, Antonio Brown. Um, I could go on and on. Mike Wallace, who played well in Pittsburgh. All great receivers that were drafted. So I tried Juju Smith-Schuster now. Um, a lot of really good receivers. So they're going to find someone in this draft, but they need that because if not, you have to assume Artavis Bryant's going to be gone next year. You have to assume – Eli Rogers, if he comes back and makes the team this year, is going to be gone. It's going to leave them with only Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster under contract. They need to get someone in there. Uh, offensive line, I don't think they're going to spend an early draft pick. B.J. Finney's great. They'd like to, I'd like them to find another B.J. Finney. Um, I don't think they're going to get as lucky as they did with Finney. Uh, Finney was an undrafted player. Um, I could see them spending one of their six-round picks um, – I'm sorry, one of their late fifth round or one of their seventh round picks on a versatile offensive lineman. I said this on the website. Give me someone like Cody Wallace, a guy that can play center and guard. You should have your swing tackle in Gerald Hawkins. You also have Matt Filer on the roster. Uh, Your offensive line is set right now, but you need to add depth. That's for sure. And lastly, running back, 
The running back everyone's talking about is Darius Geis from LSU. The Steelers have been very interested in him. Some people are talking about a first-round draft pick. If they draft Darius Geis from LSU in the first round, Lance, things are going to get really, really interesting with the Lady on Bell saga. I'm just saying that right now. You're, you're, you're investing $14.5 million in the Bell right now. And I know that everyone's saying that they might get a contract on and yada, yada, yada. If you spend a first-round pick on a running back, things are going to change, period. They're going to change, and that could possibly mean Bell is playing for a different team next season. So those are my three uh, three top needs for offense. Those are some prospects to watch out for. I guess I only gave you a few. Um, but there you have it. Do you agree or disagree? I don't disagree with anything you said. What I do want is your pick. So, play Kevin Colbert. Oh. You're on the clock. It's picking five. I have to pick an offensive player? Three. You can pick any player. I, if you want to pick an offensive player since you're an oh, offensive guy, okay. pick an offensive guy. Gotcha. <clears throat> okay, offensive player. I'm. I'm. Gonna, I'm assuming um, uh, that most of the big names are off the board. I'll take Justin Reed, safety out of the uh, out of Stanford University. He's versatile. He's athletic. Great character guy. Super intelligent. That's the type of player they've been targeting. He's really going to help round out that secondary. That's my pick. Lance, go ahead with your three needs on defense. And then I want to know who you're going to pick because you don't know any prospects at all. Timothy Reed, I think I like what he offers them from a coverage standpoint. I think if you have a free-ranging safety that can play hash-to-hash, it allows you to play cover one, and it allows you to play more dime. You can put Burnett as the dime linebacker with, um, you know, whoever the inside linebacker is going to be, maybe even T.J. Watt. You can put him in at dime. You could do that. You know, I really like that because he gets versatility. And playing cover one allows you to play man. So you can play man on the outside and do that stuff. So I really like that ability, uh, you know, w- with that pick and read. Uh, on the defensive end, um, I-, I think the Steelers' troubles are straight up the middle. You know, we saw in the Jacksonville game they could not stop the run. In the t- today's NFL, you're going to be in nickel a majority of the time. Because you're in nickel, you're going to have to be stout and be able to play against the run with the light box. We see they struggled against that. We know about the Ryan Shazier injury. We know Ryan Shazier is out. That's a huge gap, a huge need, somewhat in flux. I don't think they know who the strong safety is. I don't think they know who the free safety is. I don't know if they believe that those guys are necessarily interchangeable. So that's why the read pick makes sense. So with that being said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw a curveball here. Since you took my defensive guy, Mama told me that when you have a strength, make it a super strength. Make it so strong that it can compensate for some other shortcomings that you may have. With that being said, I'm going to go on – the offensive side of the draft, Calvin Ridley with the number one pick in the draft. Go wide receiver. He will retake he will replace Martavius Bryant or Martavius Bryant, excuse me. And you just give Ben super weapons in his last maybe one to three years 
can you make that offense so high-powered that it can compensate for an inconsistent defense that no particular prospect is going to fix in a hurry? Wow. Well, yeah, to be honest, I would be stunned if they go receiver in round one. I can see it in round two. Um, I can see it in round three even. Um, I, I, there's only one position that would shock me more, and that's if they went quarterback. And I'm not even throwing that out the window yet because, honestly, Mason Rudolph, they're really interested in him. They think he might still be around at 28. And a lot of people think that this kid could be the next quarterback for the Steelers. But I don't know. I just don't know if they're going to spend a first-round pick on it. That would be the only position I would be more surprised is if they went with a quarterback in round one. Now, I'm going to say this. Now, Lance, I know you're not into uh, the college game. I'm not either. But because I run the website and we have so many mock drafts and we do so many draft profiles and you see who these Steelers are bringing in for pre-draft visits and who they're going out and dining with at pro days, you do learn a lot about this, the, the, the process, I should say. Now, what's really unique, in my opinion, about this whole thing is that this thing, this NFL draft, this whole approach to the Steelers can go any number of ways starting Thursday night, which is tomorrow night. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, the, the Steelers are probably sitting there in their draft room saying, okay, we figure that big-name quarterbacks are gone, Big-name linebackers are gone. We're talking about Trayvon Edwards and uh, Roquan Smith. They're probably gone. And then they're probably saying, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what else. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be gone. It, it, we don't know who's going to be there when when they come up to the 28th pick. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And the funny thing is, I was talking to a coworker today about this. I cannot think of the last time that we are on the eve of the first round of the NFL draft, and no one knows for sure who the first overall pick is. It's it's not known. No one knows what the Browns are going to do. They have their guesses, um, but no one knows. You think about last year. Everyone knew it was Miles Garrett. Everyone and their brother knew it was Miles Garrett. Think back to the year that Andrew Luck. It was like two weeks before the draft, and the Colts said, we're going to take Luck, and the Redskins traded up, and they said they're going to take RG3, and it really kind of was anticlimactic on draft night. Not the case this year. There's going to be a lot of drama in the early rounds. And all I'm saying is this, Lance, the Steelers could be making a move. It might be trading, so you might want to pay attention. Don't don't just tune in around 1030 just waiting to see who the Steelers pick. They might have moved, so stay tuned. What do you think about the overall scheme, the whole the whole draft? What's your whole thought on the whole process? Of course, when you have so many highly – touted prospect quarterbacks that makes it interesting. And this year you have five guys. I think you have what? Uh, the USC guy, UCLA guy. You have Lamar Jackson. You have Baker Mayfield. And you have Mason Rudolph. So you've got five guys. Anytime you have that many quarterbacks, because of the value of the position, it really makes the draft interesting because it tends to push everything down teams are willing to make deals and do different things and juggle their draft boards to get shots at quarterbacks. So I think it's going to be an exciting draft. But again, the worst thing about the draft are draft grades two minutes afterwards. So I'll just wait, be patient, and see how these guys play. Call me back in 
2021. Well, no, you're right. The, the grading of the grading of the prospect itself is foolish. I don't think that the grading of the selection is foolish. And what I mean by that is, let's say the Steelers have, let's say Rashawn Evans of Alabama is on the board. And that would be a great prospect for Pittsburgh because he can play inside linebacker, he's fast, he's athletic, does have a little bit of a groin injury people are concerned about. And he can also go to the outside. They can move, you could move him there in pass rushing situations. He'd be great for sub-package football. So if he's there and someone like Justin Reed is already gone and the Steelers go with, I don't know, um, uh, a cornerback from UCF, Mike Hughes, Instead of Rashawn Evans, that's what I grade, the process. Now, we don't know for sure how it's going to pan out, but the process and and how they select. For instance, when they drafted a freaking long snapper last year in the sixth round, that's an F. That is a flying F. And not only did they draft a long snapper in the sixth round last year, he didn't even make the football team, Lance. He ended up going to the Jaguars and playing in the AFC Championship game. That's an F. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You can't really grade prospects right now, but you can grade the process. And that process last year was an F. If they take a long snapper this year, I might take my laptop computer and throw it against the wall, in which case I might lose my job, but I would be that angry. I remember sitting at my computer and seeing it come through on Twitter. They drafted a long snapper, Colin Halba from – University of Louisville, and I remember writing, thinking to myself, what am I going to write? How do you write an article about a long snapper? I mean, what do you oh, write? Man. It's like, okay, Halba did a great job snapping football in between legs, period, done, article written, one sentence. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but well, um, so well, there you have here's it. A suggestion. Go ahead. Here's a suggestion, Jeff. If you're throwing computers, you've got to hit that picture of the wine bottle on the wall downstairs. You've got to get that picture of the wine bottle. So, that, so that's one. <laughs> you got to do that first. And secondly, that, that, that's why when I look at the draft, I, I take a similar approach. I think it, it, it's you can draft, or excuse me, you can criticize thought process going into the draft. You can look at a roster. You can look at the way a division plays football, where you're at as a team, where you need to improve, and you can analyze a draft based on that because no one truly knows how these guys are going to transition. So, for instance, if the Steelers go out and draft, I pick the wide receiver, but honestly, if the Steelers go out and draft the wide receiver in the first round, I might go on a rant similar to our friend Neil Kulong's rant when – the Steelers drafted, and I forget the kid's name, the guy that ran the 4-2 who was like 5-8 and weighed about 160 pounds. Dre Archer. Dre Archer. When Dre. he went on a 10-minute yeah. tirade on Dre Archer and how Dre Archer might be the worst draft pick in the, in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, so, so that's what I'm saying. You, you can criticize perspective and thought process behind the selections, you can't necessarily criticize the selections themselves. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm really looking forward to it. But as a quick aside, though, if we were on YouTube right now, Lance, you would know that the Behind the Steel Curtain headquarters has moved. 
there's no more wine picture behind me. I, I, I'm about to do nice. it up and have a nice little backdrop. I'm going to have like a little terrible towel. I have a Big Ben fat head I might be throwing up in the background. It's going to be legit, uh, you know, or lit as the kids are saying these days. So, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> ultimately, um, I, I hope that I hope we're able to get back on the air next week and recap who they picked the positions they targeted, did they make a trade, what are some of the concerns after the draft? Because really, let's be honest, this is going to be their team. There's, there's, unless, barring a Joe Hayden getting released and then signing with Pittsburgh like happened last year, after the draft, this is the Steelers team. They don't have the cap space to sign someone like Joe Hayden. And even if someone, you know, like Des Bryant, he just gets released from the Cowboys, and now all of a sudden you have a big-name free agent floating, floating around. Um, the Steelers are not going to be making moves like that. So it will be interesting to see what this team's going to look like. Um, positional need is going to be huge, but as always, they're going to focus on best player available, BPA. So, Lance, with that said, why don't you send us off, give us a few words of wisdom, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week. We're going to be back next week. Now, it might not be the same day, same time, but we're going to come back next week, and we're going to take a look at this draft. We're not going to really analyze the prospects. We're going to just take a look at who they draft and try to ascertain what we think was the thought process behind the direction that they went in this draft. So I'm going to commit, I'm going to, commit to that, and I'm going to leave you guys with that and just say simply, Enjoyed the 2018 draft. Also, before I get out of here, I want to give a big shout-out to Rod Woodson, who will be announcing one of the draft picks. And I want to give a big shout-out to a friend of the program, Matt Starks, who will be announcing the third-round draft pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, tomorrow, or or that might be Friday when they do the uh, third round. So congratulations to those gentlemen. Again, the Roonies are keeping the Steeler legends in the fold and keeping them close to the organization, which is always a great thing. But that's all I have, Jeff, and Steeler fans and Steeler Nation out there. Throw your jerseys on. Get that stench of the Jacksonville Jaguar game out of your mouth and enjoy the 2018 NFL Draft. Hope reigns supreme when the NFL Draft comes around. I couldn't say it better. Lance, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on The Standard is the Standard. Bye. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. Also, you listen to podcasts, check it out.